Welcome to Hope for Today, a weekly Bible teaching program that will bring you hope for every day. Thank you for joining us this week as we continue our study through Exodus. We are now about halfway through the book of Exodus. The rest of Exodus tells us what happened at Mount Sinai. God reveals himself to the children of Israel in ways they have never seen. They learn more about him and experience him at a whole new level. As we are going through this section of Exodus, don't lose sight of the big picture. Some of these chapters are filled with lots of small details, and sometimes we wonder why all this information is in the Bible. If you start to feel that way, remember where this fits in God's story. God is building a kingdom, and he will redeem what was lost to sin. He will restore his kingdom in the whole world. We know the children of Israel go on and fall away from the true God. But from the children of Israel comes one called Jesus. Through Jesus, God will get it all back. God's plan will not be thwarted. I thank you again for joining us here on Hope for Today. Let's go now with Bible teacher J. Mark for a closer look at today's lesson. The man Moses held a very prominent place in God's plan to make Israel his special people. You may remember how Moses' mother saved her baby boy by making that little boat and how she placed that boat in the reeds by the side of the river. We remember, too, how Pharaoh's daughter adopted Moses, and he grew up in Pharaoh's palace. And then we also recall that how when Moses was 40 years old, he was forced to flee to Midian when Pharaoh learned that he had killed an Egyptian who was beating an Israelite. And then after 40 years in the desert, God called Moses to lead his people out of Egypt to the Promised Land. You know, little did Moses know how demanding God's call would be or how the Lord would be with him day after day after day, more intimately than any other man. The road to the Promised Land, Canaan, was only known to God. In this text for today, we find Moses and Israel at Mount Sinai and they're waiting for God's directions to go on to Canaan. It was a special time, a sacred time. Promises God had made to Abraham many, many years before were about to be fulfilled. You may remember that when God called Abram out of the Ur of the Chaldees, he said to him, Get out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. That's Genesis chapter 12, the first three verses. And so Moses became the one to carry God's promise farther toward its fulfillment. Only Moses was supposed to draw near to God. And he was also to take with him Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, but they were not to go the whole way. And then there were the 70 elders that were also to accompany them. So let's be sure to get the setting. Moses held a central place in God's plan. In this, God was carrying out what he had spoken in Exodus 19, verses 5 and 6. Israel had traveled for three months beyond the Red Sea, through the wilderness to the base of Mount Sinai. Here, God told them, 
who they were to be. Listen to Exodus 19, 5 and 6. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Now, the word peculiar doesn't mean odd or strange. It means special or unique, different from those around you. There was a difference between Moses and the rest of the people, and there was to be a difference between Israel and the rest of the other nations. Israel was commanded to worship the true God. The other nations worshiped the works that they made with their own hands, or they worshiped nature. Only Israel worshiped the true God. So God chose them to receive the revelation of himself, to hear his words, and then to obey his commands. You know, all people today owe a great debt to the ancient people of Israel because God revealed himself to them along with his plan for pardon from sin, our sins, and the sins of all people who confess and believe in what God has done through his son, Jesus Christ. Now with Israel, it was temporary, what we may call a halfway. When God's son, Jesus, came, he was born of the virgin. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. He shed his blood. He arose from the dead, and then he ascended to the right hand of the Father. From there, he will come back to the earth at the time that God has appointed, and then his work will be completed. All of this is a part of the meeting of Moses and God to make Israel God's people. So Exodus 24, verses 1 to 8, give us the scene where Israel was initiated into becoming God's people. That's Exodus chapter 24, beginning with verse 1. And God said to Moses, Come up unto the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship afar off. And Moses alone shall come up near the Lord, but they shall not come near, neither shall the people go up with him. So Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord hath said, we will do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord, and rose up early in the morning, and built an altar under the hill, and twelve pillars, according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the children of Israel, who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And then he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people. And they said, All that the Lord hath said, we will do and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you concerning all these words. From this text, I want us to see the several acts which resulted in Israel becoming God's people. The first act was the invitation from God. And this was an outstanding invitation. The Lord said, Come up unto me, up to the Lord. 
Now, when you say up, come up, it is a word of call. Can we say that God is always up? It is always come up, up to meet God? With Moses, it wasn't only symbolically up, but in a literal sense because God was up on Mount Sinai, and that's where Moses was supposed to go. Come up unto the Lord was an outstanding invitation. And it was also an exclusive invitation because God chose only certain ones. He said Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 elders of the people. Not everyone. Remember, this is probably well over a million people. That teaches us the necessity of being in a proper relationship with God. God didn't meet with all the people. He met only with this exclusive group. It was also an informing invitation because Moses told the people what God said. And then the people responded, All the words which the Lord has said, that's what we'll do. This was the way in which God communicated with his people. This was one of the great acts to make the Israelites his people. But you know, we too today have an invitation. Jesus gave it to us. He said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. That's our invitation from God. But then the second act in becoming God's people, there was the mediation of the sacrifice. People were selected to offer the sacrifice. The Bible says they were young men. Most likely, they were Levites. The descendants of Aaron, called Levites, were qualified to offer sacrifices and offerings. So no doubt, these young men were from the tribe of Levi. There were the designated offerings, burnt offerings. We learn from the discussion in Leviticus 1 that the burnt offering was called a whole burnt offering. So no part of the offered animal was saved. It was totally, entirely consumed for the glory of God. The whole burnt offering was especially dedicated to God. But then there were also peace offerings. And the peace offerings were roasted, and they were eaten in the presence of the altar or in the presence of God. These peace offerings showed fellowship. They showed relationship. They showed intimacy. And then finally, the blood of the sacrifices Moses separated. Half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar to atone for the sins of the people. You might recall that God told Adam in the garden if he sinned, he would die. God showed him that in order to be saved from death, some warm-blooded animal must die. This was fully exemplified when God clothed their nakedness by giving them the skins of animals. And so here, in our text, Moses took the blood and he sprinkled half of it on the altar to mediate or atone for the sins of the people. You know, today the blood of Jesus is our appeal. 1 John 1, 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. As I said earlier, sin requires a blood sacrifice. And then there was a third act which resulted in Israel becoming God's people. It was the confirmation of the covenant. Now, the word covenant is especially interesting. The covenants that God made with the people of Israel were designed by God's own wise mind. Covenants in the Bible which were made by God were not negotiable. They were stated. There was no changing them. And so here this confirmation of the covenant was consummated by the reading of the book. 
We read in the text that Moses read all that the Lord had spoken. He had written it down. Everyone heard the words. This was especially important because they would not agree to something that they did not know. And so Moses read the entire book of the covenant to the people. And they responded. What did they respond? How did they respond? All that the Lord has said we will do and we will be obedient. Now that was an admirable response. That's the way all of us ought to respond to the words of the Lord. Then we have the surety of the covenant. And that was from the blood sprinkled on the people. Moses sprinkled half of the blood on the altar. And then he sprinkled the other half of the blood on the people. So there was direct participation. And Moses said, Behold the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you concerning all these words. In a similar way, the blood of the cross must be applied by faith to my heart and yours. And then we can say that we have made a covenant with the Lord God. By these acts, God set apart Israel as his special people. It was, and still is, a very sober relationship. They are the only people with whom God has made such a covenant. Those acts are easily traceable. First, the invitation to Moses to come up. Second, the mediation by the burnt offerings and the peace offerings. And third, the confirmation of the covenant by the sprinkling of blood. Thanks, J. Mark, for this teaching from Exodus about becoming God's people. If you have questions, or if you'd like a copy of today's teaching, here are a few ways you can contact us. The best way is via email. Our email address is hope at heraldsofhope.org. If you don't have email, you could write to us. Our address is Hope for Today, Box 3, Breezewood, Pennsylvania, 15533. Or, you can connect with us on our website. Our website is heraldsofhope.org. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to being with you next week. Until then, go with God and enjoy growing in your knowledge of Him and living out His will.